It counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. There ain't no second place in Lambo. It's a whole new game. You either go big, go hard. Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. We're eight and oh, or eight and two, excuse me, after a snowy game. Wags, I'm going a little hoarse. After screaming at the TV, what did we just witness? We just saw a Packers team grind out a win and get to eight and two. Uh, I'm with you though. I'll, I'll go ahead and forget about our two losses. We're only counting the wins here, baby. And, uh, <laughs> you know what? Uh, that was a closer than, uh, needed or necessary game, uh, from the way that, that drew out, but, um, they got it done and we got another victory. Yeah, and I, I'm not gonna lie. I thought uh, the the swing uh, in early in the third quarter. I thought we were gonna, quite frankly, step on the Panthers' necks on that one. And I thought it we had the the makings of a game where we were gonna tilt the field and really take over the game. Certainly didn't turn out that way. Uh, it took everything the Packers had on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, truly a game of inches today, keeping McCaffrey out of the end zone on that goal line stand. A lot of frustration uh, from me throughout the game, some really tough penalties late in the game there, but we found a way to get it done, and the Packers now are, as you said, now we're 8-2 heading into the bye week. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, why don't we just dive right into this one, Dane? Um, we could start with a, a little recap and what we saw just game flow, uh, perhaps, as the game started off. Um, how did you think the game started? Certainly, we got uh, a stop on the Panthers' first possession, and then the Packers get the ball and are not able to get a first down. But uh, what, what were some of the things that you saw um, right out of the gates with, with the way that this game started to unfold? You know, I was really um, nervous about a couple things from Carolina Panthers, but uh both actually the two things were the tight end position. I know Greg Olson's getting up there in age, but uh the man can still make a lot of plays, and we saw that uh, today. I thought that he had a very nice game for Carolina. Uh, but more importantly, or who I was really afraid of, was McCaffrey out of the backfield. He's about as a dynamic of a running back as we see in the NFL right now. And uh, I was concerned about how we were going to contain him. Um, I thought that overall, as the game went on, I thought we did a pretty good job. Uh, he had a couple chunk plays, but he didn't have that long, you know, 80-yard run, uh, run and catch um, that we become accustomed to watching him do. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball for the Packers, um, really was pleased with how we were able to establish the run. I thought we were able to run the ball really at will for most of the game, uh, both with Aaron Jones, but Jamal Williams, man, uh, Wags, I really like the running back that he's becoming. He's physical. He runs downhill. He finds a way to get yards. So from that aspect, I was really pleased with the balance that the, uh, the offense was able to have. Um, a, a couple of things that I didn't necessarily like from the offense, but um, from from the outset, I thought that the run flow was really good and something that you and I talked about. I thought the offensive line of the Packers uh, and the run game was able to really bully the defensive line for the most part of the Carolina Panthers, uh, obviously the exception being there uh, to, to end the first half, a very significant missed block there 
but overall, running the ball, um, that's the things that the Packers are going to need to do uh, when the snow is falling at Lambeau Field if we're going to go deep into the playoffs. Yeah, and I thought the first two possessions, the reason I teed that up is, from my perspective, I thought they were very emblematic of how the game turned out overall. Um, Panthers' first possession, they were able to move the ball, you know, down the field a little bit and, and get into Green Bay territory. And then Kevin King made a really nice play on third third and six to uh, keep um, uh, the Panthers from picking up another first down and getting into field goal range. Uh, so they ended up having to punt the ball. And then first play, you said it, they established a run. Aaron Jones picks up nine yards uh, right off the bat. They mm-hmm. punch him in the mouth. And then Jimmy Graham gets the false start on second down. So it was kind of, and that unfortunately seemed like that was the type of day it was for the Packers, that they were just controlling the line of scrimmage. I really felt like they got a lot of push and had had a lot more physicality in this game than we've seen from them in the last few weeks. They really pushed to get to this bye week strong, and they earned this bye week now. But unfortunately, it seemed like we shot ourselves in the foot a few times over the course of the game and just weren't really able to put this Panthers team away. <laughs> and so I thought those first two possessions were very, very emblematic of how that final uh, score turned out and, and how this game flow uh, went the rest of the way. Um, you know, on that first series, did you think Alan Lazard caught the ball on third down? I know that uh, when it went to replay, uh, uh, some of the announcers, uh, I thought the announcers thought that, he might have caught it, and then Pereira came on and said, well, I think the ground touched the ball. I thought it was one of those plays where he didn't use the ground to trap the football. He clearly plucked it out of the air. So, you know, again, I don't blame LaFleur for not challenging it right there. It's so early in the game, and unfortunately, I don't think it was – well, it's hard to say, but it's it's one of those plays where it it probably doesn't end up going your way. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, but – um, but in any event, I, I thought that on the field, if they had called that a completed pass, that would have stood up that way too. So, um, but anyway, uh, they were able to uh, get it going and, and spotted the, the Panthers um, some points, 10, 10 points in the first quarter. Packers kind of back and forth and got back up um, after tying it at seven, getting up uh, 14 to 10. Um, and certainly at that point, it felt like, this was a game that the Packers could take control of, uh, particularly uh, in that second quarter when uh, we were able to get what was probably a somewhat fortunate um, uh, late hit uh, on uh, third down deep in our own territory, and then we were able to, you know, make a long drive. But then, uh, do you want to talk a little bit about what I'm sure you were very frustrated by at the end of the first half? Uh, without uh, getting all the way down there and not being able to get any points at all. Yeah, so a couple things to unpack. That that drive uh, in general, uh, first of all, uh, Wags, I don't know how they call that pass, in the, or uh, excuse me, roughing the passer. Uh, I, I'm a Packer fan. You're a Packer fan. We run a Packer podcast. Uh, however, uh, at a certain point, I, I don't know what these defenders are supposed to do uh, to, to bring the quarterback down. At a certain point, do you just throw a red jersey on these quarterbacks and call it a day? Do you put flags around their waist? I, I don't know. Um, obviously, the Packers benefited from that. Uh, they weren't able to capitalize on it, but they were able to um, really tilt the field uh, to finish the half. Uh, but 
I, I do take a pretty significant exception with that play call or with that flag. Um, now, getting down there, I thought they had some really nice chunk plays to be able to get down there, get there near the goal line. And, Wags, this might surprise you uh, because uh, I know that over the years I've definitely been one to say, you know, take the points. I'm going to half. At that point, the Packers would have gone up seven, going into half, getting the ball back. Um, but I really thought we were tilting the field. Uh, I thought that our offense was really flowing at that point. Um, I, I really do believe in feel uh, down in the red zone. I thought the Packers had a real opportunity to score a touchdown on that play. We have two seconds left. And, uh, you know, so the options were either take that field goal or go for it and try to get up and go up by two scores before the, the end of the half. Um, I actually really liked the play, uh, the, the idea of going for it. What I didn't really love was, one, the execution was, was not where it needed to be, and I think that the Packers would be the first team or for, first folks to say that. Um, I thought that it looked like from, from watching on TV, Bakhtiari perhaps missed a block on that on that play, um, it looked like the left side of the line just didn't quite get the push they were going to need to do. Um, uh, but but even bigger picture, um, Wags, what really frustrated me was um, I think there's a time and place to run the ball. I think there's a, certainly a time and place to lean on our, our running game. But when you have one play to get a touchdown, I always want to put the ball in Aaron Rodgers' hands. I think he's uh, as dynamic as they come in the league. We've seen him do it time and time again. Uh, and in that moment, I think what Coach LeFleur was trying to do was make a statement that we were just going to run it down their throats, and I loved the idea. But in that moment, I really thought Aaron Rodgers had a really hot hand. I thought the receivers were getting separation. It was starting to get a little slick out there even then. And um, I, I thought it was a real opportunity for the Packers, for Aaron Rodgers to, to um, you know, make something work, whether it's with his legs or, or finding the open receiver. Uh, he's so good at extending the plays. Uh, he gives you an option and an opportunity to do a lot of different things. But when you're running the ball, you're locked in where if somebody doesn't execute perfectly, uh, the end result is what we saw, which is just getting blown up in the backfield. So um, like the aggressiveness, like that he believes in his offense, um, it, but I just didn't like the, the design that they took the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands. Uh, what was your take on that? Were you uh, okay with them going for that in that position? Do you think they should have taken the three? Um, you know, I'm kind of curious uh, your take because you could pull ten different people and you might get a lot of different answers on this one. Well, Dan, I think you know my answer. I'm going to stay consistent. I don't want. I I I thought it was the right call to go for it. Um, I 100% agree with you. It's the play call that I, I wasn't really a fan of. And, yeah, the, certainly the players have to execute better. Just getting blown up like that is really not all that acceptable. And to be honest with you, the offensive line got a push on pretty much every other, you know, play uh, of the game. So I'm not sure what happened on that particular instance, but, um, it was almost like they weren't ready for the snap of the football. But I would have really liked to see some play action. I think that's a, a situation there. I, I 100% agree with you. Uh, on the one hand, when you roll Rodgers out, um, uh, it, it, you're only playing one half of the field. Um, so that limits your options and in some ways makes it easier to defend. But on the other hand, with Rodgers on the roll, uh, you have to respect his feet and he can kind of press the line of scrimmage. We see him make those plays so often, 
I feel like that's your highest percentage play in that situation. And the Panthers have to be cheating against a run. It would really have surprised me if they wouldn't have had an open receiver, if they would have done a play action in that situation. Um, mm-hmm. And it, the other factor, I think that's, that's – I'm not sure. I'll be interested to hear what Coach LaFleur has to say. Um, but with the fact that the Packers were getting the ball to start the second half and the way they were moving the ball offensively, particularly in that second quarter and, and after those first couple of, of series, I feel like I can understand where he's probably thinking, you know what, let's go score a touchdown here, get up two mm-hmm. possessions, get the ball to start the second half. And then if you go down a score at that point, which sure isn't a guarantee, but if you do, now you're pretty much put the Panthers away at that point uh, because it's a 28 to 10 game. And I don't think that, I think that game plays out quite a bit differently if that would have been what would have happened. Uh, and certainly the Packers came out and scored, but uh, that would have been, you know, a three possession game instead of a two possession game. And then the Panthers, you know, they had so many opportunities for the Packers defense to get even more takeaways than they did, which we'll, we can get into a little bit more in a bit. But um, I, I think that situationally, it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, we had a long argument over when to go for it on fourth down and when not to. Um, I think that was the right play. And, and unfortunately, they've been on the wrong side of the outcome twice now. Uh, so my theory is looking pretty bad. Um, or maybe the players just uh, aren't making me look good in, in that situation. But um, but uh, certainly the play call, I think they probably go back and look at that and say, yeah, this wasn't the right call. Uh, I think um, that would have probably given us a few more options as well. Yeah, and so, you know, I thought the Packers coming out of halftime really responded well. Um, you, you mentioned they ended up getting a touchdown there in the uh, start of the second half. Um, Aaron Jones looked like a man possessed again, I thought. Uh, he He's running the ball with such skill. Um, and this kid just has a nose for the end zone. He, he's got he, – there's something about the way he moves – uh, there in the red zone. He's so darn dangerous. And, uh, Wags, you know who I really want to highlight uh, right now in the third quarter? I thought put together a really nice series. Um, and it doesn't necessarily show up in the stat book. There's a couple guys, but uh, the first one I really want to highlight is uh, Jake Kumaro. I thought Kumaro played the best football I've seen him play in Green Bay, and sure, it doesn't show up with the touchdowns, but complete team player today selling out on blocks, making all sorts of plays downfield. I really thought that he was, um, you know, he was even making a couple blocks around the line of scrimmage. I was really impressed by by Kumaro. And number two, so pleased to watch Jake Sternberger, our, our rookie, who who's uh, coming back. This is the second game for the Packers. He was out those first few weeks with the injury. Um they were really trusting him as the snow was falling at Lambeau, man. Uh, when we were uh, pushing guys around, running the ball, uh, go back, uh, folks, and, and watch the tape and watch Jay Sternberger just wash Carolina Panther defenders out of the play, um, dominate at the point of attack. Um, and that is not the game that I thought we were going to be getting out of him. I, I really expect him to be a uh, receiving threat. But to watch him stick his nose in there and not be afraid of contact and be aggressive and be fluid, 
in the incredibly physical Wags, Were you as encouraged as I was to watch Jay Sternberger just uh, play really strong football there in the in the second half and clean out stuff for both Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams? Yeah, I was really impressed with him, as you just said. As a blocker, he had quite a few snaps. I'll be interested to see what his final uh, count is, but he was out there quite a bit, lined up in, in sort of that flanker role uh, behind the line of scrimmage and was uh, a de facto uh, fullback on, on a lot of situations uh, with the lead blocking. And for a, a kid that was, you know, hurt most of the first half of the season, uh, to come back in and, you know, get that many snaps. And clearly uh, the coaching staff had a lot of trust in him to get out there and uh, be in all, all those packages and get this run game going. I am super, super impressed. And Kumro, you took the words right out of my mouth. It looks like uh, he, you know, he he's, for all intents and purposes, they have different roles, uh, but it looks like he's taken over for MBS because yeah. MBS wasn't out there all that much. In fact, um, I, I think he only had one target all game. And I'm not sure if, you know, was there an injury? No, there was no announcements that I saw unless I missed something. But, um, you know, Jake uh, clearly is someone that is out there doing his job, uh, both blocking and running the right routes and, and was able to make a couple of key catches. But really quickly, I also wanted to highlight in that first series of the second half, it looked pretty uh, choppy coming out with the yeah. stack on first down and then uh, a nice pass play to Aaron Jones that was wiped back uh, by uh, Bakhtiari had a penalty or illegal use of the hands. I didn't really see the replay if they, that was the right call or not, but we'll assume it was. But then on second and 26, that pass that Rogers threw to Devontae Adams, oh my goodness. Um, I, I didn't think this was one of Rogers' best games, but he made a couple of really, really nice passes and that was one of them that you know certainly are just kind of throws that you just shake your head and go wow <laughs> um, and so he and Devonte seemed to be on the same page in fact uh, almost had uh, another long throw connected but uh, Jackson for Carolina made a, a really great play on the ball uh, there was another long pass play that they would have otherwise connected on but um, that's the type of play that you can look back at and uh, who knows, that might have swung the game because if the Packers don't complete that pass, you've got third and 26, more than likely you're punching the ball in that situation. And now Carolina's able to come back with football only down four. Instead, the Packers go on and score a touchdown uh, and get up two possessions, and that ended up really, for the most part, being the difference in the game. Yeah. No, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, this was definitely a game where, um, it really could have gone either way, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, and it just, you know, as that third quarter, I thought the third quarter was really compelling football. Um, watching Carolina be able to march down the field then and, um, and for Amos to make a great break on the ball in the end zone wags and, and for, uh, a, I mean, real talk, Amos should have squeezed that ball to begin with. Goes through his hands. Tremont happens to be there, uh, kind of some double coverage there in the back of the end zone, and to bring the football down um, with him. I thought that that was really um, just a. It showed what this team was doing for most of the game, which was they were bending an awful lot against this Carolina offense at times breaking, uh, but when they needed to make plays, 
They made a play there in the third quarter with that interception. And then, of course, at the end of the game, they made a huge goal line stop. Um, they made it harder on themselves than they needed to <laughs> with some of those penalties. Um, but I thought that third quarter interception was just absolutely huge, being able to uh, to, to make that play uh, by Tremont. Uh, and that's something that this Packer team has been good at this year is they, they come up with big plays in big moments, and, and they're able to, to swing momentum back in their favor. Yeah, and, and then on that next possession, uh, the Packers ended up getting a field goal. Uh, Crosby hit the 47-yarder after um, missing the 52-yarder, but um, benefiting from an illegal formation penalty on the Panthers, uh, lining up over the center. Before that happened, uh, I think this is a good time as any. Uh, listen, I understand we just mentioned earlier that the Packers benefited from a roughing the passer call earlier in the game. Um, the pass interference that they called on Devontae Adams on yeah. third down, I I just – I've watched football my entire life, Dan. Can you explain to me what I'm missing here? I, I uh, Listen, I know that it's easy to pick on the officials, and thankfully we haven't had a lot of complaints uh, so far this year. So I, I, I just didn't think this was a very well-officiated game on either side. Um, if you're the Panthers, I think you have plenty of complaints, but there seemed to be just – some um, some real inconsistency in what they were enforcing. I, I just didn't understand it. But that particular play, Devontae Adams literally got tackled uh, in the end zone, and he was called for offensive pass interference. What was I missing? I, I mean, I know I'm looking at this through green and gold-colored glasses, Dan, but um, tell me if I was missing something there. Well, I have no idea. When, when I saw the flag go on, I assumed that it was the first down for Green Bay. And when it went the uh, the other way against us, I threw my hands up. My poor neighbors are hearing me screaming at the TV. Uh, I don't understand half of these rules anymore. I've watched this game my entire life, as you have, and uh, I am more confused, I feel like, week to week uh, than I am confident in what these officials are going to call. So I have no idea. I'm 100% with you. Yeah, and there seems to be uncertainty. We said before – on the first possession, Lazard, it looked like he may have caught the ball, but it could have gone either way. The announcers aren't sure. They seem to think it might have been a catch. And then you've got Pereira coming out and saying, well, he thinks the ground touched the ball. So even everyone that's, you know, an expert calling the game still doesn't really understand or know exactly what is and what isn't a catch, what is and what isn't pass interference. In fact, I thought the possession – you know, an earlier possession where Lazar got called for offensive pass interference um, in the second quarter, I believe, or it might have been in the first quarter on that third down. <laughs> that was another situation where, yeah, I mean, he, you know, swatted the arm of the defender down, but it, it was just he, his feet got caught up and he, you know, stumbled and fell over and went out of bounds and the official fell for it hook, line and sinker. But on the very next play was the one that MVS went deep, and granted, he needed to – he overran the football a little bit, so I don't think that helped at all. But it, it looked like the defender got there a little early, and that could have been defensive pass interference going the other way. Um, and so I, I just I, – I, I don't know. I, I don't understand. And then in, uh, earlier, Devante got um, – uh, drew a pass interference on, on a play – I didn't see any, and that was one that I thought 
Packers got a favorable call on. Um, to be honest with you, I really didn't see where the interference happened. Um, the, the defensive player may have pushed a little bit, but it just didn't really seem like anything out of the ordinary. So it, it just – this was a frustrating game, I, I think, for fans of both teams. When the officials seemed to have a lot of input on what was going on out on the field, and most of the time not in a positive way. Yeah, no, you're – I think you're spot on, and I think a lot of our listeners are going to be agreeing with you. Um, you know, as we trend towards the fourth quarter of this game, I thought something that became um, very apparent was that some of the Green Bay Packers, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, were having a really hard time um, gripping the field with their cleats. Um, but some of our one of our buddies and our we have a Packer a group that we're all texting in all the time. I even mentioned he's like we need to switch out our cleats. And I noticed in particular, I thought Kevin King looked incredibly uncomfortable out there. I thought he had a really nice game for us overall. But you could tell in the fourth quarter, it looked like he was running on ice a couple times. He looked really nervous with his footing, was worried to fall down, uh, was playing further off of the receiver than I ever see him play. He's a very aggressive cornerback. That's what makes him so good. And I thought that he was playing well off the receiver uh, when he was uh, trying to break down. I saw him trying to, you know, uh, do that that extra chop or two to try to get some footing. Um, and, and that was becoming pretty concerning and pretty noticeable for me. Um, and uh, did you notice that as well? Because, uh, you know, you're watching this game go on, and I thought we are the better football team. I thought we had better athletes on the field. Um, but as the game was wearing on, I was a little surprised that we weren't making some adjustments. And, and maybe we were, uh, but I thought we needed to make some adjustments with some equipment there uh, because our guys were starting to slip and slide a little bit on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, it'd be easy to blame the conditions, but this has been something that's been that I, we've been noticing the last few home games. Uh, yeah. You know, we've, we've had uh, Aaron Jones slipping all over the field uh, a few home games ago, um, and you know, other guys out there too. On the defensive side, particularly, it's really important because uh, you have to be able to maintain leverage and position out on the field. And I agree with you. I don't know if there was some discomfort there, um, Jair. I think. Um, didn't really slip or, or lose his footing, but on that last uh, series where he had a chance to have a pick six going the other way to ice this game, uh, you know, it, it didn't seem like he necessarily uh, broke uh, with the same um, angle and efficiency that you would typically see. So he had to reach for the ball a little bit more, and that made it a little bit harder to pull in, especially with a cold and slick football Um but, yeah, I couldn't agree more on, on Kevin King. I thought he had a fantastic game uh, up until, you know, the fourth quarter. Uh, he, he got beat a couple of times, and, and uh, uh, you're right. I think he looked a little bit uncomfortable out there. But I have to ask you, Dane, is this – it doesn't seem like it's a field. Are you noticing that players on the other team are slipping as much as the Green Bay Packer players are? Because it seems like our guys are slipping a lot more – and ultimately, whose responsibility is that? Is that the equipment manager or the players? Uh, you know, I'm sure they have a say in what uh, size cleats they have screwed into their shoes. But, uh, you know, you've got to be able to make sure that you have traction. If you're sliding around on your feet, you're susceptible to both missing big plays and giving up big plays, as we saw. Uh, so, yeah, that has to get cleaned up. And that's just, to me, that's inexcusable. 
um, that we've seen that multiple games now, and not just one player. It's been multiple players out there uh, that have been slipping and sliding around uh, that have, uh, I think, actually uh, resulted in some impact plays for the opposition. Yeah. No, you're you're totally right, and and I and I watched that, and I started pulling my hair out in the fourth quarter because I'm like Kevin King has been putting on a master's course for for all game, I thought, and then right there at the end, I'm watching him, and I'm like, that's not Kevin King right now, and he's not hurt, he's healthy, we know he's good to go, and uh, you know he just looked a little tentative. So uh, to answer your question, I I you gotta wonder because I feel like players are pretty vocal if they don't think that they're comfortable with something. But at the same time, I mean, the equipment guys on the sideline, the, the equipment men and women for the Green Bay Packers, um, it's so noticeable, right? And they're all seeing it out there. So I was just, I'm, I'm just surprised. And I, and I do think that the Packers have had more difficulty on this field than I can actually recall. Um, I've seen enough games as the season wears on and it gets cold at Lambeau and it gets wet and nasty where the Packers, it's a huge advantage to the Packers because they know what cleats to wear and the opposing teams are slipping and sliding early and it gives the Packers an opportunity to get out ahead early and, and get a big lead going. I mean, you and I have seen that a number of times, both in regular season games and playoff games. Lambeau Field is a is an incredible advantage for the Packers historically. Um, so to see this is a little disconcerting, and I really do think that that was a partial reason Carolina was able to um, hang in this game. Is it just didn't look like, and it wasn't. I don't want to just call Kevin King out, but that was the most noticeable uh, of the guys there that looked a little uncomfortable. But there are a couple other guys uh, in, in the defensive backfield, and I agree. I thought Jair Alexander was slipping a bit too um, after that that drop on that what could have been a pick six. There was another ball where he was in the vicinity, and I saw him slip when he tried to break on that ball uh, when the um, quarterback for Carolina slung, uh, slung the ball and kind of into no man's land, uh, maybe in different uh, conditions. I'd have to go back and watch the tape. Uh, but I thought Jair was within, you know, uh, a good couple feet of the ball, but he, he clearly had slipped. Uh, so another instance where I went, man, he could have maybe made a play on that ball if he would have had his footing there. Yeah, and ultimately, though, you have to say the defense, although they gave up quite a few yards in the fourth quarter particularly um, and made it a lot more interesting than I think it needed to be, um, let's talk a little bit about the uh, inability of the offense in the fourth quarter to uh, get down and, and even just get one more field goal that would have put this game away. Um, one of the the first possession the Packers had in the fourth quarter after Carolina had scored to pull uh, within eight after that failed two-point uh, conversion, um, I was just so happy right off the bat, first two plays, Aaron Jones picked up nine yards, and he picked up 13 yards on the ground. And I was very, very frustrated then when uh, LaFleur decided to throw three straight uh, plays. It seemed like we were just laying down the hammer uh, Dane, would you like to see us just keep running that football until they show they were able to stop it there? Yeah, well, I mean, Wags, when it's coming down like that, I thought it was such an opportunity for the Packers to just really bring the hammer down. Um, I thought the offensive line at that point was really feeling it. We were playing downhill. It was very clear to me that both Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams had a mindset to just carry the rock and, um, 
I really didn't see Carolina having an opportunity to stop it. So I was a little surprised by, by some of the passing. I was a little surprised even by there was a toss play there uh, in the fourth quarter where I looked at my wife, and she looked at me, and she was like, I hate that play. And I said, I love you so much. Because, like, it's just, it was such a bad play. Uh, I thought that we had a real opportunity to just run between the tackles, take over the game, and grind it out. And um, and we didn't quite do that, didn't have an opportunity to do that. And uh, I'm, I was a little surprised by it. Obviously, the outcome is the outcome, and we were able to win the game. Um, but you, you got to wonder if, if LaFleur uh, was, was seeing, um, you know, something that we weren't. Uh, but from, from my eye, from my vantage point, albeit from a couch in warm weather in uh, in uh in my uh, my home, uh, I thought we had a real chance there to just um, just drive it down. And another point, Carolina looked like they were starting to wear down on the defensive line. I saw them. I saw glimpses of them sitting on the bench. They looked cold. They looked tired. And I thought it was a real chance for us to, to grind it out and run the ball out. Obviously, we weren't able to do that. There were a couple penalties in there as well. Um, we, we continue to see penalties from the Green Bay Packer offense at uh, inopportune times, uh, but maybe a bit of a missed opportunity there. Yeah, and, you know, even after uh, that first possession, they ended up punting the ball. Uh, it was a, a pretty nice punt by J.K. Scott to get it down within the 10-yard line. Um, pa- Panthers were able to pick up one first down, but then uh, third down, uh, I thought a really big uh, sack by Preston Smith. He had a couple of uh, I thought key sacks in this game, and that was one of them, uh, to force the Panthers to punt the ball away again. And now the Packers get the ball right back uh, with just uh, just over six and a half minutes left. Um, good field position. And you think, okay, here you go. This is where we need to ice the game. And uh, they, they, they came out passing again and uh, actually were able to end up uh, uh, picking up a first down uh I was really, really frustrated then on second down when Aaron Rodgers had that delay a game. Uh, that's just yeah. unacceptable. Um, to be in a position, you're on the Carolina 44-yard line, second, okay, a second and nine, uh, three and a half minutes left in the game. And, and he seemed to be flirting with the uh, end of play clock all game again today. Uh, I thought we got a little bit complacent uh, again this week, and, and I would expect that Coming out of the bye, that will be another point of emphasis because we saw that after week one against the Bears, uh, they were having trouble getting up to the line in time and, and letting him make his pre-snap calls. Uh, today, they were a little flat and, and weren't quite I, – I know they only had one delay of game, but then he had to call a timeout. Um, and, you know, it's just it, – it, it's one of those things where you've got to get the play in, get up to the line, and, and some of that has to fall on Aaron Rodgers, too, uh, to, to realize what's going on and, and just get a quick snap um, and get that ball off. I don't care if they only pick up two yards in that situation. You've got to pick up the – you've got to uh, get the ball, snap, hand the ball off, keep that pl- uh, clock running, uh, and, you know, gain a, a positive yard or two. Uh, and who knows? I, I don't know what the outcome of that play would be, but to take a five-yard penalty right there and stop the clock is just completely unacceptable. And Aaron Rodgers has to know what he's doing there. Um, and and if there's, uh, you know, listen, I don't criticize Rodgers much, but that is just unacceptable for a veteran uh, MVP-caliber quarterback to be letting that happen at that point of the game. 
Yeah, I mean, what that did was it killed the drive completely, I thought. It, the momentum there, uh, there, I thought we had a real opportunity to ice the clock there and just and call it a day, especially with how we were running the ball. Um, but those delay games are just absolutely killer. Uh, puts us in a more difficult position where, you know, teams are then able to um, know what we're going to be doing, right, and pass the ball. Jimmy Graham somehow almost got us a first down. Uh, but, but you know, it, it just – that's. It worked out today and, um, in, you know, against maybe lesser opponents, which I really do believe Carolina is a lesser opponent to the Packers. We just have more talent up and down the roster than they do. Uh, we can get away with being a little bit sloppy, um, but we're going to have some very hard games coming up. Of course, next week is a bye, but then we're playing San Fran, and we got a bunch of other teams. And if we want to do, legs, the things that we think this Green Bay Packer team is capable of, and it's not just regular season wins, it's playoff wins and, and, and even further, uh, we cannot have these kinds of missteps uh, late in games because great teams uh, don't make those mistakes, and uh, and when you're playing great teams, the, the, the opponent will uh, 100% of the time pounce on you and, and make you pay for it. So uh, we got out of it, we got away with it. Uh, it, I'm glad we have a bye week coming up, uh, but but even this week against a lesser opponent, we almost paid for it. Carolina gets the ball back. They get a couple very big chunk plays. Samuel has a big one on that uh, play where it looked like Kevin King again looked a little uh, uncomfortable. Uh, a couple plays later, Greg Olson with another big play, uh, and then all of a sudden – It was a great catch. Through. That was a great catch, to be fair, by Olsen. Oh, incredible catch. I'm not underselling it. Greg Olson looks incredible. Yeah, uh, and I didn't mean to interrupt you, but um, I, uh, you know, I, I thought they had that was probably as well as they defended Olsen all day on yeah. that particular catch, uh, which you know I guess is saying something because he was still open uh, enough to get the ball in that window. But um, that was just an incredible catch, I thought, by Greg Olson. wasn't all that good of a pass, um, and you know, with the the conditions there, clearly had an impact. But for him to pull, come down with that football. Man, oh man, you just gotta tip your hat on that one. Wags, he's like an ageless wonder, isn't he? Like, I mean, this guy, he's dealt with injuries and, uh, he's just an incredible football player. He's, he's one of those tight ends where, you know, he's just special and, uh, he's able to not only, uh, you know, make the play in tight coverage, make some nice blocks, but also he's a, he finds a way to get separation from defenders, even when teams know uh, that they're going to be going his way. He just does something. So, I mean, all the credit in the world to Greg Olson. He looked like Greg Olson for five years ago today. Yeah, yeah, so absolutely. And uh, But, man, Dane, i got to tell you, uh, they get it down to fourth and ten, and I know we already talked about um, yeah. that play to an extent with Kevin King. Uh, I, footing or no footing, I, I just couldn't – I just really didn't understand uh, what, what was going on out there because you know exactly how much yardage they have to get. Uh, you know, and, and I, that was really, really frustrating to me. I, I don't completely uh, only blame Kevin King. There's got to be, you know, someone playing under coverage in that situation. So I, I just didn't really understand uh, what what uh, uh, alignment they were in on that play uh, to allow Carolina to uh, run your receivers past the sticks and uh, be able to throw that ball uh further than the 10-yard marker for the first down, as long as they came down with it. Uh, it would be one thing if Kevin King would have 
been slightly late breaking on it, which I guess you could say he was. His feet just seemed to be stuck to the ground. But yeah. um, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't tight coverage. It, 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 he was backpedaling well beyond um, where you would want to be. So that was what was particularly frustrating to me on that play uh, as well. But then, you know, they the Panthers get down, and you've got two offside penalties on both Zedarius Smith and Preston Smith. That are that giving them extra, yeah. yeah, giving them extra opportunities, particularly that second one on Preston Smith, who listen, I thought he had a great game today. Um, he really bounced back after I think being a little bit more quiet than we we had been seeing from him um, early in the season. Uh, but um, uh, to, to get those penalties in that situation, and yeah, I, I saw Zaria Smith kind of you know tapping his chest and saying that's on me. Sorry, guys, pick me up. Uh, great, good leadership. I get it, but uh, man, you just got—you just can't make those mistakes. And and so I was a little bit frustrated by that. Um, and luckily, uh, as a team, they did come together and pick each other up, and were able to close this one out by mere inches. But uh, boy, oh boy, uh, did that game end up a lot closer than I thought it needed to be. Uh, to be quite honest with you, Dane, I, I predicted 38-17, and I feel like. Out of ten times, I might be right on that score, like five or six times out of ten. Um, the way this game played out, I, I really felt like the Packers were a much better team than the Panthers. But you know what? Uh, at the end of the day, they were able to grind it out and get get another victory, uh, and that's all that matters here at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, huge way to to win it too. I mean, to be able to make that stop against arguably the best running back in the game. Uh, right there on the goal line, um, it, it just kind of a swarming defense there. Fackrell hit him behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, still, uh, you know, testament to McCaffrey's talent. He kept grinding his way through. An offensive lineman tried to help pull him across to, to score that touchdown. Uh, truly inches short. Um, didn't get a great view on the camera, but I, I really don't believe he got across. It is a game of inches. He wasn't able to make it. Uh, you know, Packers running off the field. I thought that um, they were – I was really impressed with the fortitude of that Packer defense um, after the uh, Preston Smith offsides, and I agree. Wags, Preston Smith is – I love watching that kid play. He's uh, He might be my favorite defender on the Packers defense. I think he's active. He does the little things well. He does the big things well. Um, you know, he makes that, uh, splash plays. Uh, that offside, you know, uh, is just incredibly frustrating. Uh, but for that defense to then turn around, uh, compose themselves, and still make that play, a lesser team does not compose themselves. They give that up. They're out of their heads. Uh, the Packers did not do that. I thought the defensive line for the Packers today, um, you know, overall, was was pretty um, chaotic. I thought they did a nice job. I thought Tyler Lancaster had a nice game. I thought Montrevis Adams had a good game. Um, but right there at the end, to make that stop and to be going into the bye week eight and two instead of potentially seven and three with a backbreaker at home at Lambeau, losing a game like that would have been, I think, um, reasonably devastating. Uh, a pretty pretty uh, tough loss to swallow for the team and fans alike. 
So to be going in eight and two, knowing that we need to correct some things uh, before uh, heading in uh, to you know to week eleven, it's just a it's a great time to be a Packer fan, and this team should be encouraged by the work that they're doing because I think there's a lot of room for improvement. But if you've got a lot of room for improvement, Wags, and you're at eight and two, uh, that's a pretty darn good place to be. Yeah, absolutely. And Preston Smith even had to uh, uh, drop back in coverage and cover Greg Olson. I, I want to play. I, I don't think I need to see too much more of that. So whatever they were trying to do there, uh, I'll give Preston credit. He was able to recover and make the tackle, but uh, that's, uh, I don't think the matchup you would typically want to see. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I thought he had a heck of a game. So Dane, listen, I think we've uh, uh, recapped the whole game here. So let's, uh, uh, let's uh, hand out some game balls uh, before we uh, get in some final thoughts. Um, I, I'm going to lead off. Uh, sorry to steal any thunder, but uh, an obvious one, I think, out of just both of us, uh, Aaron Jones, uh, another monster game today. Uh, and uh, I couldn't be more proud of this kid. Uh, temporarily um, had the lead in, in touchdowns over Christian McCaffrey, uh, getting his uh, 14th with three touchdowns today. And, boy, what can you say? I wish they would have given him the rock a few more times because uh, the way that he was rushing this football today, uh, Dane, it seemed like he was picking up, you know, 8 to 10 yards on every play. And the ones where he was getting stopped, the next time he got the ball, he was getting a, a 13 or 14 yards. Uh, so um, a monster game from Aaron Jones today. And his running mate, Jamal Adams, uh, I'm not going to give him a game ball, but I thought he was extremely effective today as well. Yeah, I I, I would agree with you, uh, certainly. I mean, Aaron Jones, again, finding a, a way to sniff out a touchdown uh, or two here, or three. Uh, <laughs> he's just a heck of a ball player. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, guy we already talked about, uh, but uh, I, I give big cheese player to Preston Smith. Um, absolutely disruptive uh, football player today. Uh, was able to rush the passer, was able to make the quarterback for Carolina uncomfortable on a number of occasions, even when he uh, didn't bring the quarterback down. Uh, he was draping over him a few other times. Uh, I think he had a couple sacks, active ta- in, in tackling, um, and was able to really limit it, uh, McCaffrey, I thought. And, and certainly uh, the team as a whole did that. Uh, but I thought that Preston Smith just played a heck of a football game as he usually does. Uh, and again, does the little things right. Um, you know, he, he sets the, uh, sets the edge really well for the Packers. Uh, he out physicals offensive linemen, wears those guys down and keeps coming back for more. So just always impressed by him. But I thought this game, um, he's a good personality guy on this team and, uh, just a really nice, uh, solid effort from him today. Yeah, and I, I'm going to give a, a honorable mention, Big Shoes, despite uh, you know some of my frustration on that last drive in particular. I really think Kevin King has yes. a very, very good game overall. In fact, first half, he was having one of the best games I've seen him play uh, this season and actually in his career. Um, he made an incredible play early on. Uh, Carolina tried to run a slip screen. He ran right around uh, the would-be blocker, made a tackle for a loss. Uh, those are the types of plays that uh, not every corner in this league is able to make. Just showed uh, great instinct and physicality and closing speed. Um, had a couple of really nice pass defensive where he broke up uh, some passes. Uh, I thought his coverage was just spot on all game. Uh, he had some nice tackles in the, in the run 
uh, game as well. Um, a, a couple of plays that McCaffrey's kind of out in space, and and I saw Kevin King come uh, flying in and and had the angle, and, and certainly could have picked up a bunch more yardage uh, had he not made a couple of those tackles. So um, I get that they're. Uh, believe me, I was pretty frustrated um, with with that last drive and, and that fourth and ten. But I don't think you know one play and and you know uh, overall uh, that drive. Uh, were enough to offset just what an excellent performance Kevin King had. Uh, so I really want to give him some kudos as well. Totally agree. Totally agree with you. Um, what one play or two does not make an entire game. And, um, and I actually do really think it was equipment related. He's just a, he's a talent man and he's had the strongest year of his career. Uh, he's been able to stay mostly healthy this year, which is just a huge thing for our defense. This Packer defense is, um, head and shoulders better when Kevin takes on the field. Uh, it's been fun to watch him play football this year, and I expect big things from him as the season continues. I know Jair Alexander is super flashy and can make the plays, uh, but I think Kevin King is a, a steady force. He's not afraid to be physical, and he showed that again today. Um, you know, he's a battler. He's got a short memory, and uh, you can't ask for much more out of your cornerbacks than that. Yeah, absolutely. And, Dane, I, I – I just wanted to mention two other guys. Sorry. I'm just going to jump in. I thought Kenny Clark had a really nice game. I was watching him pretty closely. Uh, I know you mentioned that he's someone that seems to have been running out of steam a little bit in the last few games, but he was getting some big-time push right from the first snap, and he got rotated out uh, a few times uh, more than I think he normally does. Uh, we saw Kingsley Kiki in there. Uh, you yeah. mentioned Montrevious Adams had a big fumble recovery. Uh, Tyler Lancaster was out there a lot. Um, and uh, we even had, um, you, you know, uh, Kyler Fackrell. And, um, uh, you know, I was going to say, um, uh, I think Zadarius Smith even lined up inside a, a couple of times. Fackrell didn't, but, but he had a, a number of snaps again this week. Um, so, uh, they were rotating guys around on that defensive line, and I thought Kenny uh, had a really good game. He didn't officially get credit for one of uh, Preston Smith's sacks, but um, for all intents and purposes, he kind of forced it because uh, Kyle Allen didn't have any place to step up in the pocket, uh, and he was right there as well. So um, I thought he had one of the better games he's had all season, and, and I really wanted to, to highlight that as well. And then, you know, Devontae just kind of does – did what he what he does, <laughs> but yeah. um, it was just nice to see him out there, right? Um, he's been injured for a while, and, and last week, you know, he had some touches, but didn't really have a, a typical Devontae Adams game. Um, it was just it was just really nice uh, to see Devontae out there have kind of just a, a typical Devontae Adams game, and I'd like to see him get into the end zone a few times here, but you know what? That doesn't really matter. Uh, he's getting. Uh, some nice catches and, and had a, clearly had an impact out there. Um, uh, Jackson for Carolina is a good, talented quarter, corner, and I thought he played really tough, uh, but Devontae won uh, enough of those battles. So uh, it was just nice to see him out there. It looked like he was uh, up close to his normal self and, and fully healthy as well. Yeah, he had a couple incredible plays. Um, and you're right, it's, it's funny. We've got a receiver at that caliber and it's almost like oh yeah and by the way Devontae had a couple monster plays again <laughs> it's just like it's almost he makes it routine 
uh, with his talent. So just a, an incredible football player. Where, and I was really excited to see us, um, I thought, creative offensively this week. When you're talking about Devontae Adams, really hard to defend this Packer offense when you got Aaron Rodgers being able to sling it to Devontae, but you've also got, uh, you know, Jones and Williams just uh, tearing it up. Uh, running the ball. So great look from this Packer offense. Uh, and Wags, let's just continue to, to stack some success here and uh, continue to win some football games. The great opportunity. Nobody's 100% healthy this time of year. So I know a lot of these guys are, are a little banged up. Uh, but what a, what a great time to have a bye week. Let these guys get fresh, rest up, uh, you know, uh, wrap it up with a, with a win here. And, and then, uh, you know, they're able to now look at the rest of the season and then knock on wood, hopefully the playoffs and beyond as the season progresses. Yeah. And it's going to, uh, get pretty difficult coming right out of the bye, but I think this is an opportune time to have a bye uh, coming up. You're going to have a road game against the number one team in the NFC. So hopefully we're able to get this time to get fresh, get some time off for both the players and the coaching staff, and then uh, come back in here with some extra preparation. And, you know, certainly uh, LaFleur and, and Shanahan for the 49ers are very familiar with each other, good friends. We're on the same staff for a number of years um, on, on some different organizations. So uh, we'll get into more of the intricacies of that, um, I think, as we get closer in a couple of weeks. Uh, and preview uh, that game. But um, uh, the 49ers, listen, uh, they're going to have their hands full because they've got a tough Seahawks team uh, next week, and they're going to have to come back off of that game and face Green Bay. So they're going to get tested, and while we have a road game, I, I think this lines up really nicely for us, and it's not going to be easy to do, but um, you can't ask for a better time to get a bye uh, and uh, be able to rest up and, and get prepared for that big matchup. Yeah. Um, so, you know, as we head into the bye, we're going to have some pretty cool podcast legs, uh, and, and we'll we'll um, we'll start to promote that down the road. But a little bit of a teaser for folks that are listening today, uh, we, we're able to do some interviews uh, with, with some some uh, some very interesting people. I'll put it that way. Uh, that we'll be able to be um, uploading here uh, as we start to trend towards the bye week. Um, but uh, just really pleased with this. If you would have told me, Wags that the Green Bay Packers would be 8-2 and two going into the bye, uh, I would have said, I'll take that 10 out of 10 times. So um, while there are some frustrating moments of the season so far, I think this is something that uh, is they're building towards something really special. Uh, you know, we try to stay active on our social media, so please feel free to follow us on uh, Instagram at Lombardi's Legends, Twitter, Facebook, uh, we try to post quite a bit. We like to, to put content out there. It's always more fun when the Packers are winning football. Uh, so we really appreciate your support uh, and all of you that are listening to us and that are subscribing to us. Yeah, and I would say the first of those interviews will be landing, I think, either Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, second one will we'll get out uh, sometime uh, next weekend. So, um yeah, we won't see any more, but you're going to want to listen. Trust me. So yeah. um, the Packers may not have a game this week, but we've got some some super cool um, pods coming up. So uh, I, I I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Uh, so, yeah, thank you all so much for listening. Like Dane said, 
Um, you know, uh, I think one thing that would be uh, cool too, just as a reminder, Dane, can you throw out um, the Cheesehead Hotline? We haven't done uh, any fan questions here the last few weeks. Our schedules have been pretty busy. Um, haven't uh, uh, had uh, two episodes a week in the last couple of weeks. Just, uh, um, but um, if you guys have some um, bi-week thoughts, just overall thoughts and kind of where we are and we're headed into the rest of the season, hit up that Cheesehead hotline, 608-285-2128. And um, if we get enough questions, uh, we'll definitely try to uh, put together one. Maybe we'll have a, another um, just a Q&A uh, pod sometime before uh, that next game. So uh, hit us up. It's been fun to interact, and, and we appreciate you all listening. Yeah. So thank you so much, everyone. Uh, what a ride this has been. Um, we're, we're just on cloud nine. We love this football team as much as you do. Wags and I are just uh, friends and owners uh, of the team, and we just love it so much. Uh, so, uh, Wags, I, I think that uh, we would uh, be remiss. It's Veterans uh, Day on Monday, so thank you to all the veterans that are listening. Uh, we love you. Uh, thank you for your service. And, um, Wags, we'd like to end our podcast the same way uh, every time. So, folks, say it with us. Go, Go Pack, Go. go.